everybody, David Donaldson here with Joe Martin on another episode of Entrepreneurial Impact. Very excited to have a conversation today around collaboration. So I want to kind of put you guys in a mind frame. Okay, I want you to stop because this is going to stick with you all day. You ready, Joe? You ready? Mm -hmm. Stop, collaborate, and listen. Words to live by, by the infamous Vanilla Ice. Now, he was very wise. Stop, collaborate, and listen. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Look, if we don't have fun doing what we do, I don't know what to tell you. But that song is going to be stuck in everybody's head for the rest of the day, and that's okay. But here's the truth around all that, right? You have to listen to what's going on as far as everybody around you, right? A good leader collaborates and listens to the people. He does not dictate. He doesn't – he sets the vision. He sets the goal, but it's not my way or the highway, right? If you don't get buy-in for the people that you're in business with, your team, your leadership – your staff, your employees, whoever it is, you're not going anywhere. You're going to churn through and you're going to burn them out, right? So that's kind of my, 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 my deep thought on that one, right? But honestly, I wanted to kind of look at to what makes collaboration, why is collaboration so important in the workplace, right? Challenging times needs collaboration and listening feels more than any other time. And businesses as a whole, and where we are in our marketplace right now, people are struggling. So I want to kind of kind of go down. Um, John Maxwell, he's got he's got a great book called "The Sixteen Undeniable Laws of Communication," and there's a chapter in there that kind of jumps out at me. Now he's talking about presentation and skill set, but I kind of adapted it uh, for collaboration in the business workplace. And he kind of talks around and he and he breaks down uh, five or six high level events that I want you guys to think about. Uh, and first and foremost, he talks about that good collaborators have an open mindset. What does that mean to you, Joe? What if, if I said, hey, Joe, have an open mindset through collaboration. What, what does that mean? And when I think about like open mindsets, like a lot of people like to talk about, I'm open minded and blah, 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 blah. Well, here's the thing. Before you can even be open minded, you have to be self-aware enough to know what your belief systems are, your values and your filters are. And the majority of us have experiences in life, trainings, education, um, work experiences that our filters get developed because we have tendencies or we have experiences that usually come true because of X, Y, Z reasons. So when I hear open-minded, it's saying, one, what are my filters? What are my predetermined thoughts and beliefs? And if I know what those are, when something new comes at me or something that might challenge my belief system or my values or whatever, I'm able to pause my initial reaction of shutting it down and saying, okay, here's how my feelings are. Because once again, our first reaction to something we cannot control. That's just our reaction, right? It's how we respond, which is number two. So when I hear open-mindedness, I'm thinking to myself, how do I pause my first reaction and truly listen saying, okay, here's my filters. It's almost like here's a little devil on my shoulder, right? I know what this thing's telling me all these things. How do I pause the devil on my shoulder to truly listen without a response, a reaction to truly digest what's the other person I'll trying to convey? A, I'll stick it a That's step what I further. Hear. Like, I think a lot of people will say, hey, I'm open-minded, but I've already made up my mind. So, which is then just saying, I'll let you have your say and then go in the direction that I want. To me, truly being open-minded is 
not closing the door, literally being willing to listen to have somebody make an opinion present to me that could actually change my mind on the direction we may look to go. That's being open-minded, right? There, there was a comment that I bring, uh, forget which, who it was from, but it's basically be radically transparent, but uh, completely open, open-minded. So like by being open-minded and also in that same, in like a collaborational scope, be radically like transparent, but also radically open-minded because if you're open-minded and you're radically transparent, you're able to get ideas from the group. And when you're looking at collaboration, it's the power of the group. So if people don't feel that they can truly be transparent about whatever they're, sh- they're thinking, you're never going to be able to get the true power of the collaboration, yeah. right? And, and the only way that someone's going to be truly transparent is that everybody that's listening to what they said is open-minded, not to place judgment on whatever they just said. Like, so, so really what I'm hearing you say is like, you're getting others involved, getting their buy-in and their support helps drive uh, adoption and success. And it also unifies people, right? Because now they have the buy-in of the vision and the goals and where we're going and having that belief that, hey, we got here and I had a say in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I I just think that like the piece of collaboration is, you know, and I'll let you keep going on this one, but like what I was thinking about was a lot of people feign collaboration because it's like, we need to say we're collaborative and we need to see that we're team oriented and X, Y, Z that go with that. And we say that we go through the motions, but then when push comes to shove and we're trying to make a decision, are we just doing a veiled attempt to say, like, Hey, we checked the box of being collaborative. Right. It sounds good, but are you actually, yeah, I, I agree. Um, then the second part of that, right. For thinking of like, if I'm truly open-minded, but what allows for that to happen so good collaborators ask and answer questions, right? Thinking things through, saying, can I versus how can I, right? The how can I is what stirs the conversation of getting others involved. If you're just looking for a yes or no person or a yes or no answer, you're not going to move anywhere. You're not going to grow properly, right? You got to get the involvement. That ties back to rule number one is being open-minded, but to be truly open-minded, you've got to ask questions and be able to honestly answer questions. How do you see this happening? Why do you want this to happen? How do we get there? What do we need, right? And the feedback from your team, right? How is this change going to influence our business, right? How are these new widgets gonna help us grow in 2024? Everybody's gotta say, let them ask their questions and be prepared to answer the difficult questions. Maybe things come up that you haven't utilized yet. If you're looking at your, your vision and your goals for the year that you've kind of penciled out, the insight and allowing others to break that down with you, either A, helps you drill it down, right, and lock it in, or B, you know, massage it a little bit to kind of address the things that you might have missed. As you were talking through that, the thing that just hit me was um, when we talk about collaboration, like one of the things I know is a, a leadership challenge for people running teams is that we get success because of 
whatever our skills and behaviors are as a leader, right? Usually a dominant personality of some form uh, or directness is usually what you see like rainmakers at, right? And not to say other people can't be there, but like, let's just call it what it is for sure. this, this conversation. They usually attract other people that are like-minded because you enjoy yourself. Otherwise you wouldn't enjoy yourself, right? And you like being around people that like you because you see other tendencies of you and other people and you see those as beneficial because those things were what got you successful. So hence, by hiring more people like you, you're going to get that you're trying to use the logic by hiring other people that are similarly like you and blah, blah, blah. You're going to get better results. Where in fact, when you look at diversity of like skill sets, backgrounds, experiences, behaviors, blah, 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 that's actually where the collaboration comes from. And I think where collaboration becomes very challenging is that the leader that's running the team has to have the patience, the foresight, the vision the understanding that all the people on the team are going to be different. And if you have everything lopsided in one way, you're going to have challenges, right? And the balance of the team and the insights and the collaboration might take a little bit longer because everybody that gets on a team is like, this feels like it's painful and taking too long, but it's through that process that like you end up getting a better decision. And I think that's the part of collaboration is what do I don't know? What haven't I been exposed to? What experiences do other people have that could, we could avoid the same setbacks by going down this road? And in so doing, you measured five times, but you cut once. No, you're right. And when you look at, again, it's, it's, I love how these kind of daisy chain together, but when you look at the value of somebody's feedback through collaboration, right? And you're re-asking questions to their questions or having been answered, saying, you know, your response and saying, hey, you know, allowing them to improve what's happening. But then when you're asking questions in the spirit of improvement versus attacking through criticism, the more helpful everybody else becomes, right? It gets a very at ease type of environment where trust is there, nobody's opinion is wrong or undervalued and everybody's comfortable, right? We had a conversation a couple of weeks ago around radical candor, and I think this kind of ties back into that. You grow more quickly as a team that is unified and trustful through a collaborative environment than those that distrust or aren't comfortable or are afraid of retribution by questioning. Mm-hmm. No, and that's the questions, right? Like almost, it's almost like, You've got to be better at question asking, right, than yeah. anything else. You know, and you know, as I go, like building upon open mindedness, building upon questions, then you can generate ideas, right? Ideas come from a safe space. Ideas come from people that are now feel comfortable to share and have a difference of opinion, right? Good collaborators surround themselves with others that come up with good ideas because you're going to attract the right people, right? They're going to want to work with you, not for you, right? They're going to want to win with you and grow with you and build something together, not plop you up at the top of the perch, right? Yeah. So I think about, you know, ideas are born through collaboration, right? This is quoted directly from John. They're born from the, times of collaboration. Ideas are proven in times of action and the diaries are improved during times of reflection, right? Open-mindedness, questions and collaboration. It's 
just all coming together through the teamwork, right? I, I think of uh, you know, deep think, right? You have to allow time. Like sometimes when you present something, there has to be a period of time to digest, right? You can't always kind of give an answer and actionable in the room. You got to have people time to go back and think things through and then have the safe space to come back and provide that information, right? Is that, you know, it's all about your system and how that comes together. Honest feedback, you know, honest feedback and trust. And I feel like it's repetitive, but you can't, you can't, like you can't undermine that, right? And it takes time to get there. It doesn't happen overnight. You have to build that over time. I think like when you think about like honest and trust, like we say all these things, but let's be real. You can't really build honesty and trust until like you hang out and experience the person, right? Like you and I can pontificate for hours, but until a tough situation happens and you experience what I do, like think about it, right? I can say, yeah, Dave, I'm there for you. I'm there for you. I, I remember like one of my best friends, he, he, um, it was a tough situation, but uh, he uh, he passed away of a of a heart attack. And he was uh, thirty two years old, right? And um, one of my best friends in the world, right? And I'd always say I'd do anything for Chris, and he'd do anything for me. And I say this because like, we all say that as humans. But then I got a call from him at two a.m. in the morning. I got I don't even know how I woke up because I usually sleep like a dead person. And um, he calls me and goes, "Hey, my sister is having a." situation with her boyfriend can and he lives you know he shot dropped me the address because he lived somewhere in virginia two o'clock in the morning don't even ask a question got your ridge i got the uh the address i'll I'll be going to pick her up no problem meet me at my house so like what i say by honesty and trust is like we can participate say that do whatever you know trust falls and all kinds of crap like that to do it but it's not until a, a really stressful situation happens that says like how is that person's character so I think like one of the, you know, that, that's just my thought on honesty and trust. It's not until something shitty happens that you actually get You're built right. at. And it, you don't know until the situation arises, right, how somebody's going to react, but you have to have done something all along incrementally to get there to then you've got the big ask, right? Trust, trust, trust yeah. in the workspace is earned, right? You need it early on, right? Whether you and I just started working together, we have to trust we can stay in curiosity, but we have to stay in trust, right? And we keep moving forward together to the point that when you now know somebody well enough, hey, I trust him. I can go outside the workplace and ask him for support, this, that, or the other thing. And in this situation, I need a big ask. You spend a lot of time with the people at work, more so than a lot of times we spend with our own family. You've got to surround yourself with people that are trustful and honest. If you're just showing up for the sake to show up, collect the paycheck and be a yes person or just fluff. Look, I've been in business a long time. You can see through that. You know who's real and you know who's not, right? Sometimes you will just learn to keep people at arm's distance because they're not trustful or you don't trust where they're coming from, but you can identify that. Unfortunately, too many people are, are younger in their careers and they don't know yet. And that comes with time through asking questions, seeing how people react to things to develop that trust and honesty or move on. 
Yeah, I think like the piece that needs to happen in that is, you know, it could be trust and it could be whatever, like you could use a couple different words for it. Yet when someone truly cares about something, they're going to say something, right? And I think that's the piece on teams. Like I I know it triggers me a little bit. And like when I start talking about stuff and no one's talking or no one's challenging what I just said or no one's asking for clarity or whatnot – I a little like spidey senses go up because I'm not perfect, right? Anybody that's a rainmaker that thinks they're perfect needs to like a self-awareness check because like the great leader, when you talk about collaboration says like, I know I'm not perfect. I know I got some great ideas and I want to win and I want to compete and I want to do all these type of things. I want to build and blah, blah, blah. But like at the end of the day, I know that I need other people in my, in my, in my team to tell me what I might be missing or what I'm losing. So like, that's a really good indicator for anybody on this, on this class, like this, this podcast thinking about like leadership is if your team's not giving you feedback, like critical feedback of like, I actually believe that your idea is shit. Like you need to check your team because they're obviously either yes, people you haven't built enough trust with them or like they don't, they, they've, you've set an environment where they, they don't feel comfortable challenging you. And I think, but also remember your tone, like, I think Dave, you and I, we could go in a screaming match, which I love. We could do that, but that's right? But that's we would know that that's okay, trust, right? Because we feel comfortable. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because like we're not going to like attack each other, but like we're going to get fired up about what our belief system is, right? And then at some point, you're going to say something, I'm going to say something, and it's going to click in either one of our heads and be like, "Oh, that's how we get to the yes, you're right. Let's do that. Let's do that. Boom, we got that right." But I what what scares me on teams is that like when you've got a team of like five, ten and nobody says anything else, and it's always the leader, that tells me there, there's something off there. Because like, if I'm going off, if I'm driving 100 miles an hour one way, and you know there's a cliff, and I keep saying, no, we're going this way, and you're like, no, dude, there's a cliff right there. Cliff, right there. Like, And, and, and frankly, I'm going to punch you in the face before you hit the cliff, because I care that much, right? Like, That's the kind of like conversation you want to have in collaboration. Was, was because like, I'm that not was back- from that's on the cutting room floor for Thumb and Louise as they were just beating the hell out of each other before they drove off the cliff. I didn't even know that was a thing in one of the in Delma Louise, but I'm really just throwing this one. I, I dude, I'm like thinking to myself, like, hey, it, I, if I'm gung ho about something, I'm so passionate about it. Fine, I'm going to run 100 miles an hour that way. Great, but I do need a team member that, that, that's willing to say, even if I'm barreling down 100 miles an hour and they go, you know what, I'm going to tackle you off the car, or I'm going to punch you, whatever thing may be, or I'm going to blow the tire out. Because I know that I need to stop you from going that way because I know there's a cliff and you don't see it. And I think that's the that's the the fierceness or the conflict that's actually positive conflict in an organization that is actually fostered because of the collaboration being at the right well, There level. we go. So as we kind of wrap it up, look around, right? Does your environment foster collaboration, right? Do you feel comfortable in the environment of accepting criticism, asking questions, Right. And this goes both ways. Right. Amongst the team, up, down, side to side. Do you truly value people's opinions to the point that if feedback is given, it would be enacted? Or the conversation around it holds value and that it builds trust and honesty that you can continue to go down a path that other people will feel comfortable bringing their opinions to the table to impact change, growth, and development within the organizational structure. Yep, I would agree with that.
100%. Well, Joe, I appreciate your time as always. And everybody on the airwaves, thank you for tuning in for another episode of Entrepreneurial Impact. And we'll see you next week.